How's everybody doing today? Um, I wanted to, uh, first of all, uh, I'm preaching about prayer today. And as a proof that God answers prayers, it's cool in here right now. Uh, that, that was definitely in question about an hour ago. So, um, if you will, just join me in prayer and then we'll get started. God, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you that you provide for our comforts in addition to our needs. And God, we thank you that you have given us a record of your life. The life of Jesus. So that we may we may try to emulate him in all things we do. God, be with this time now as we focus on your word. Lord, it is with faith that I can say you will make up for my stumbles when I misspeak, when I am distracted. Lord, I have faith that your spirit will come before me and travel after me. And make sure that as I deliver the sermon I have prepared, that your spirit delivers the message that needs to be heard. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, for those of you who may not be, um, may not realize it, we typically preach through the Bible. So we take a book of the Bible, or it was kind of lately several books of the Bible, and we kind of preach through them. Um, sometimes we take a little diversions. This is one of those diversions. We build in um, room into the schedule in case something happens to be able to kind of catch up if we need to. We don't need to catch up today, so we are left with kind of a gap where we get to preach uh, we, on something other than what we typically have been preaching on in the series. So um, I'm preaching on prayer today. Now, the reason I got to prayer is I asked myself, what do I need to do better? What do I need to know? And it was prayer. So uh, this message may be for me. And if it is, that's okay. Hopefully you can get something out of it as well. Um, so when we talk about prayer, there's lots of different ways you can approach prayer looking at the Bible. I wanted to look at what did Jesus do and then throw in a couple places where he tells us what to do. But the focus is on what did Jesus do? How did Jesus pray? So uh, we can look at um, we can look at what he did to pray. But before we do that, I think we actually have to tackle a theological question. We've got to ask ourselves, why did Jesus pray? Because you see, Jesus is God. And we pray to talk to God and to hear from God. So if Jesus was God, why did he pray? And uh, I think there are three answers to this question. Uh, the first of which being the fact that Jesus prayed to provide an example to his followers. And that example we are following 
literally to this day, because that's what we're looking at, right? We're looking at Jesus's prayer. So I think that's the first reason he prayed. Secondly, um, Jesus was the incarnation of the divine. He was 100% God. And he was human. 100% man. Now, if you're looking for me to explain this, I'm not. Because I don't understand it. I think this is one of the several things that are beyond human understanding. We have to just take it at face value and say, yes, the word says this, so it is true. But being human, his, from his human nature, it's perfectly natural for a Jewish believer, such as Christ, to pray. So that's the second reason. The third reason is that, um, and again, this is talking about the Trinity. So there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Now, again, if you're looking for me to explain that, I'm not going to today. But there's something about that relationship. There's a communal relationship in God among the persons of the Trinity. And this has been forever. God doesn't change, so it's been like this forever. And it will be like this forever. And there's something about being in community and in conversation with each other, communication with each other. I think that's interesting that God, and I don't think it's coincidental, that God created man and created us to be in relationship. The Word tells us not to neglect the meeting together of believers. So there's something powerful. You know, I think that's, that's maybe that, um, that spark that God, the breath that God breathed into us. That part of the result of that is seeking out Christians to be in fellowship with. So, so those are the, my kind of three reasons that I think that... Jesus prayed. So, so let's think about it. Um, let's think about how Jesus prayed. Mark 1, and I'm going to be all over the Bible. So if you, if any of those Bible drill stars, if you can keep up with me, have at it. If not, just make a little note and go back and look it up later. Um, I'm going to be in Mark, I'm going to start in Mark 1, verse 35. And here we see Jesus, and he's getting ready to go preach in Galilee. And it says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Here we have an example of Jesus praying in private. We see Jesus rising up before the sun's up, going to be completely isolation, which, by the way, he also went into nature, which I think is an interesting thing. But he went and he prayed by himself alone. Now, this is one of the examples that we don't just have to look at what Jesus did. We can also hear what he says about praying alone. In Matthew 6, during the uh, uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives us 
the Lord's Prayer. And, and kind of in setting that up, he's talking about prayer. And, and he says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into the room and shut the door and pray with your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here we have Jesus' words backing up His practice of going to be alone, to be in private, and praying. Um, and I say going to be alone. One of the principles of this is you are not alone. You're in the presence of your Creator. So it's going and getting away from all the distractions so that it's just you and Him and you can speak to your Heavenly Father. So, you may think, well, you hypocrite. You just prayed in front of everyone, out loud. If Jesus says to be alone, why did you do that? Why do we have prayer as part of our service? Well, John 11, 41 and 42 shows us Jesus praying publicly for the benefit of those who were listening. Verse 41 says, So they, and this, by the way, is right before the uh, Jesus uh, is about to be there for the uh, resurrection of his friends. His friend has died and, and he's there. So he's asked God to raise his son, or raise his friend. So it says, So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew, I knew that you always hear me, but I say this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. So here we have an example of Jesus praying out loud for the benefit of those around Him. This is what we do in our church service. We do this often when we meet in small group and we share our prayer requests. There's something unbelievably powerful about hearing people who you know care about you lift up your requests to our Father in Heaven. And pray on your behalf. It's, it's astounding. It's moving. And we see this and we follow the example of Christ in this. We also pray and, and see Jesus praying before He eats. Luke 22 verse 19. At the Lord's Supper, we see that. And He took bread... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to him. Now, this is interesting. And I included it specifically because this is something that often turns into a rote exercise. Culturally, we live in the South. It's changing now, but I remember a time when even non-believers would bless the food and thank God for what they had been given before they ate. Again, times have changed. But we need to be careful that this isn't a rote exercise that we just recite a meaningless passage. This is when we truly say, God, thank you for feeding me today. 
This is also a form of evangelism. And that might sound weird, but this prayer is so that other people can see where we are placing our, our trust, where we are, are placing our security. Because the prayer isn't, God, thank you that I am a great guy and make money so that we can eat. Honestly, that might be a prayer you would pray in privately. But a prayer thanking God for your food, thank you for feeding me today, is a way of sharing with other people that I place my faith in God. The food I am eating is from Him. It's not because I'm a great guy. It's because God is taking care of me today. So we see... Um, so we've talked a little bit about why God prays. Or why Jesus prays. We also uh, have some questions about... Um, kind of additionally to, to how He prays. Specifically when He prays. We see in Matthew 14, 23... And after he <clears throat> had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain, went up onto the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. So we now see a Jesus that prays alone, went up by himself. And this isn't some simple exercise of going off for a little while. I mean, he's there for a while. He's praying morning and in the evening. So this is, this is something that is really hard for me to get my mind around. Prayer was so important to Jesus that He would leave public ministry, dismiss the crowds, leave His disciples that He's training and teaching, and disappear onto a mountainside for a long time. It's easy for me to get busy and think I just don't have time to pray. It's, uh, I read a, a quote, <clears throat> and uh, I can't remember between two uh, theologians which one it was, so I'm not going to guess. I'll be wrong. But the quote said uh, this man was running a large ministry. And one of his helpers came to him and said, Hey, look, we've got all this stuff to do. And he said, Oh man, we've got all this stuff to do. I need to go pray for four hours. And the guy helping him said, No, I don't think you understand. We, we, we don't have time to do that. We have too much stuff to do. And the minister looked at him and said, now that's, I heard you. That's exactly what we do. I have so much to do. I can't help. The only way I'll get this done is if I go pray for four hours. He was trying to communicate to, to, his, to the, the guy he was working with that it's, it is not, prayer is not a privilege that we exercise sometime when we have time. Prayer should be the very thing that gets us through the day. The thing that allows us to be productive and stay on course and make right, wise decisions. And I struggle with this. Struggle with it. We also see Jesus 
In Luke 3, 21 and 22, Jesus had just been uh, baptized and He was there as His followers were also being baptized. So we pick that up and it says, verse 30, 21 says, Now when all the people were baptized and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on Him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice of, and a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son, with whom, uh, with you I am well pleased. So Jesus prayed as part of his worship, and as part of celebration, and as part of obedience. That's why we were baptized, is to follow Christ's example. And God was saying here, after He was baptized, that He, he was praying, thanking God for this chance to be baptized, praying in this, this holy moment of baptism. And God answered His prayer audibly, physically. And, and declared Christ His beloved Son. And talked about how pleased He was with Him. So we should pray as part of our worship, as part of our service and emulation of God and of Christ. Now, Jesus also prayed emotionally. Hebrews 5.7 tells us, In the days... Of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Prayer should never be an emotionless thing. We're speaking to our Creator. We're speaking to the one who knows everything about us. It should be a moving moment. And when you find yourself kind of falling into a rote, God, be with this and help that, stop yourself. Remind yourself of the power and deity sovereignty of the God you're speaking to. Humble yourself. Put yourself in the right place with the creator of the universe. Now, talking about Jesus praying emotionally, Jesus also prayed simply. Very simple and straightforward prayers. To remind you of what Jesus said earlier when he was talking about the, the hypocrites that would make big grand gestures of their prayers. They would show off using beautiful flowered language. Jesus says they get the reward because what they were seeking is praise. They were seeking glory. But Jesus, when he when he was teaching his disciples how to preach, or how to pray, excuse me, he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a very straightforward prayer. And it'd be easy to memorize that and use it as a rote prayer to pray all the time. But that's not what Jesus wanted us to do. He probably wanted us to memorize it. But He wanted us, every time we pray this, to think about the power of in the words. Our Father in Heaven. Hallowed be Your name. This is a... God, Jesus is teaching us to praise God. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in Heaven. This is... Acknowledging the power of God. His sovereignty. Give us this day our daily bread. Giving Him thanks. Thank You for what You give us. Lord, thank You for the earth. Thank You for Your creation. All of these things. Thank You for our country. Thank You for these people. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Wow. The fact that we can speak to our Father, the Creator, the most powerful being in all the universe because He created the universe. And we can say, thank You for forgiving us our debts. All those things I have fallen short with, you've forgiven me. And we see the natural result of acknowledging a powerful God who is sovereign and has forgiven our debts. The natural response is, as we also have forgiven our debtors. The natural response to grace is grace. To be so filled with grace that it overpours our hearts onto all those around us. That's the natural response to grace. And then lastly, to seek to be holy like Jesus. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is a humbling and an acknowledgement that I want to be like Christ. Help me, God. But I need you to do it. I need you to lead me not into temptation. I need you to deliver me from evil. Because left to my own power, left to my own strength, I won't do it. I will fall short time and time and time again. So we see Jesus as a simple prayer as He teaches His followers. We also see Jesus praying before big decisions. Luke 6, 12-13 tells us, in, the days, in these days He went up on the mountain and, to pray. And all night He continued in prayer to God. And when He came down, He called His disciples and chose from them twelve who he named apostles. So before this huge decision, 
Jesus went up and prayed all night long and then came down and made this decision. Now this is another weird thing for me. Because Christ is all God. He knows who He's going to pick. But He's also man and wants to be connected to His Father. So He goes and He prays for wisdom. He prays with, on the mountain before He comes down and makes this decision. Now we also see that Jesus, we've seen lots of different prayers here for wisdom and <laughs> thanksgiving. Jesus also prayed specifically for His followers. John 17, 21, 20 and 21. This is part of the hot priestly prayer. So Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, speaking of His disciples then, but also for those who will believe in Me through their word, that they may all be one. So Jesus is praying for unity and protection. And He was praying not just for the people there, but for us. That's us. We are the people who believe through the words of His disciples. That's amazing that Christ is praying for us. And Jesus also prayed in anguish. He prayed earnestly and submissively. Luke 22, 41 and 40 through 44. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus submitted to his Father's will. Jesus knew what was coming, he knew what was in the cup for him. And he asked his father, is there any other way? But he also submitted and said, Lord, Father, if this is your will, if there is pain and suffering in the, in the offering for me, if this cup is what I must endure to satisfy your will, then your will be done. Jesus knew that not all prayers would be answered with a yes. Yet He prayed. Jesus also prayed for those who were killing Him. Luke 21, verse 34 tells us that as Christ hung on the cross, being tortured, suffocating on His own blood in His lungs. He said, and Jesus said, Father, forgive them, 
for they know not what they do. Jesus' last prayer was not for himself. It wasn't to ease his pain or to remove his suffering. It wasn't for vengeance against those who had harmed him or disrespected his father. It wasn't even for his disciples, for his mother, or for the men and women who followed him from the beginning. His last prayer was literally for those who were torturing him, for those who were persecuting him. Now the world can look at this and be shocked and be amazed, but we shouldn't be. This shouldn't surprise us at all. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus told us, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus was simply doing what he had told his disciples to do. The reason this makes no sense to me is because who I associate with in that story. It would be easy for me to say, I'm a believer. So, in that story, in Jesus' last moments, I, I would have been there watching. Why didn't Jesus pray for me? But the reality is, He was praying for me. Fixes me like you are a sinner. Now, we don't know what the ramifications of our sin is. We can intellectually understand it. But to truly know that our sin put Jesus on the cross. And I wasn't there driving the nail, but my sin is the reason He was there. And I didn't put the spear in His side, but my sin did. Just like your sin. And that's an ugly thing to think. It's hard. It hurts. Imagine the pain Jesus endured. Taking on Him all the shame and pain that our sin demands. And I cry because I think of my sin and what it did to my Christ. But I also cry because I realize what His death did for me. That now, Jesus simply asks me to believe. And in believing, I am free. The penalty of my sin is paid. The debt I owed is covered. And more than that, the reward that Jesus' perfect life demands His righteousness, His purity is somehow draped over me, a dirty sinner. 
And now when God sees me, he sees the righteousness of Christ. So one day, I, I will stand before the throne of God. Not as a thief or an if or a rebellion a rebellious servant. Not as someone who snuck in just barely by the door. I get to run up and approach the throne as a son of God. Because that's what Jesus says we are. And earlier as Sam talked about finding our identity. We find our identity in Christ. Nothing else. Not our race. Not our country. Nothing else. Our, our, our identity is because Christ has put on us His righteousness. And that is what we can place our faith in. 